Oh, hello, everybody. How are ya? You know what? When I want to dabble in variety, I sit down and I listen to Carrie and Donna talk amongst themselves about scary stories and crazy freaking ass bags that might be living up the block from you. What are you going to do? Nothing. It's all good. Whatever. Hey, y'all, this is Krista from Texas. Creep it real and don't get scared, bitches. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 162. And you just heard from Krista C. You know, Texas. Right? It was the best New York accent ever. And that she said ass bags, I'm dead. Well, if you and your ass bags want to do an intro, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. The first one's called Stop Jerking Me Around. Hello, you beautiful Southern Queens. Thank you for holding this wonderful space for us wee creeps to share our experiences. I always learned so much and have found such peace and comfort in the stories of those who have shared their own personal stories. Thank you. Well, it's your most annoying listener, the Suburban Farmer, here to tell you a story about one of the strangest, scariest encounters I have ever experienced. Give me ghosts any day of the week. It's people that I'm afraid of the most. Cue the... You're about to be on an episode of Criminal Minds Music, and let's jump in. I was 17 years old. It was the spring of my junior year of high school, 2000. I was living in North Houston, getting ready for summer, and my upcoming senior year, and my BFF happened to be running for senior class president. She and I happened to have the day off, so after school, we went to Hobby Lobby to shop for campaign material. Nothing high-tech, we're talking poster boards, paint, glitter, we had a whole theme, color palette, and we're two young women on a mission. This would have been about 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. We checked out of Hobby Lobby with our supplies and began walking to her little gold Honda. When my BFF had parked, she had pulled through the parking space so that she would not have to back out of the parking spot when we left, as she felt it was safer as a new driver. My BFF was rambling on about this and that as we walked in the hot sun back to her car. We had not parked right up front near the entrance, instead parking near the back of the lot as, again, my BFF thought that as a new driver, no one would park next to her that far out so her paint wouldn't get scratched. Oh, the priorities of a 17-year-old. This was right around the time that cell phones became a thing. She was one of the first people in our class to get one, and they were still such a novelty that when anyone called you, you made a point to be seen talking on the phone. Her phone rang, she answered, and it was her brother, Andrew. They began bickering as we walked through the parking lot. I noticed that an older, tan Chrysler had parked next to us in a way that the driver's side door was right next to our front passenger door. It looked like it would be a tight squeeze, and I was worried that I ended up dinging what I imagined to be a poor old man or woman's car. I looked a few spaces closer to us, and there was another car, an old red Pontiac, that was about four spaces closer to us, but in the same row, so it kind of blocked the view of where we were parked from the front of the lot where most people were parked near the entrance. I really thought nothing of it. It was super hot, so I was just casually looking the vehicles over to make sure I didn't see any dog inside. I noticed the Pontiac had cracked windows, and then I noticed that the Chrysler had both passenger side and and driver side windows rolled down. As we approached my BFF's car, with her still on the phone, I cautiously squeezed between her passenger side door and the driver's side door of the Chrysler parked next to our car. 
I was just standing there waiting as she argued with her brother on the phone while juggling Hobby Lobby bags and digging for her keys in her purse. I don't know why, but I was waiting for her to unlock the car. She actually had to use a key. Facing her passenger door, I slowly turned and looked over my shoulder into the Chrysler, which I was sandwiched between. The driver's seat was completely laid back, almost all the way down to where the headrest touched the back seat. In the driver's seat, laid back in what looked to be a fake nurse's uniform, was a very large man, completely silent. At least 6'3", 300 pounds, a balding skullet with bushy black curly hair. He was wearing glasses, which I believe were his, but also had on what looked to be like a multicolor wig that looked like a clown wig. I made contact with him. He did not flinch as he locked eyes with me, seemingly to enjoy my attention. I was searching for every explanation that my 17-year-old brain could imagine to explain this what-the-fuck moment. It was then that I looked away and saw that in one hand, he had a giant bottle of lube, and while the other hand was vigorously masturbating. Now, Donna, please remember that this is the bad guy when I get to the next part. Please, ma'am. His dick was huge. Like, abnormally large in every fashion. I was a virgin at the time, and even I knew that that thing was a fucking unicorn. He didn't miss a beat and kept stroking it rhythmically. I took a deep breath in and turned my back and pretended I didn't see it. My BFF was still digging for her keys while on the phone, and I just said in the calmest tone, Emily, get in the car. Nothing again. Emily, you need to get off of the phone and get in the car. I asked again and just said calmly but very assertively, Emily, open the door now. She hung up, opened the door, and hit the button to unlock my door. I opened the door, squeezed in, I shut the door. She was taking her time with the bags, which I pulled out of her hands through the driver's side door as she was getting in and shut the car door. She closed her door and I just said, oh my God, drive now. Go, drive now. I stayed calm the whole time and refused to look back in that direction. I didn't want to create a scene. This guy could pull out a gun and shoot us. He was easily large enough to throw us two fabulous teens in the trunk and skate without notice. I just wanted to get out of there. By this time, she snapped into action. She knew there was a problem, but didn't know what. I told her. She thought it was weird and a little funny. She thought nothing of it. I was totally creeped out. The next day, I called the manager of Hobby Lobby and told him what we had witnessed the day before. He seemed very disturbed and said he would report it to police. In hindsight, I should have called myself. A few months later, I picked up the local paper while waiting in a doctor's office for an appointment and saw this gentleman's face when I opened it. He had been arrested for, one, driving by children walking home, trying to get them to willingly get in the car, then exposing himself. This happened maybe 10 times before they caught him. And two, rape. In this area, it was heavily wooded, but had a ton of extremely nice walking trails through the woods, which happened to back up to several high-end corporate campuses. He would hang out on the trails and wait for lunchtime. Men and women both would walk on the trails on their lunch breaks to stretch their legs and slough off stress and a little bit of nature. Some days, few people would be out. He would wait for his opportunity and then pounce. He specifically targeted women in skirts. It was believed that his acts ended with rape. Some investigators weren't sure. From what I understand, this guy was put into prison, but not on a life sentence. It was more like 25 years. My fear is that he's out walking the streets somewhere. I just pray that I, nor anyone else, ever encounter him again. 
Thank you for allowing me to share this story with you both and the Creep fam. Bless you all and have a wonderful day. Creep it real and stay vigilant. Jen, the suburban farmer. Oh my gosh. You okay over there, Donna? One, I want to know how big it was. Donna wants details. Can you draw her a picture? <laughs> also, I would not have been calm because I would have been like, damn! <laughs> She's not lying. I'm not lying. Like, that's gross. That's really gross, but then also I'm like, let me see. But also it's not happening to me, you know? <laughs> right. It's easy to say from the comfort of this office. Right. But I mean, I see a dick out and I'm just like, gotta look. <laughs> what's going on i know i don't know how you didn't look like this is why i I wouldn't do good in moments like this no they'd be like what he look like i don't know but his dick big i could draw you a picture (laughs) i think he had glasses or something but like that dick though let me tell you meanwhile it's absolutely fucking terrible because he really is like assaulting people well and it yeah i was gonna say he was just doing it by himself and then calling kids into and exposing himself in the car and then to rape like he no no good could be from that like he's just gonna keep getting worse and worse and worse absolutely and that's exactly what happened he escalated which it always does which is why you can't take stuff like that so lightly because it does escalate right so it it definitely is terrible also no one wants to expose themselves in front of me because if you're just trying to do it to shock me trust me i will shock you more motherfucker because it ain't gonna be no fly by thing because i'll be like damn let me see that dick like i will embarrass you i will do something like people will know but that's the thing though that's what they want but like it won't be in like a shock thing yeah you're not gonna give them the shock value they want you're gonna like they're gonna be like damn this girl's a freak yeah, yeah, wrong. You picked the wrong one, hun. Maybe they know. Maybe that's why nobody's done it to you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> she looks worse than me. Never mind. No, she'd like it. No, I've heard about her. Don't do it to her. <laughs> also, though, your friend being on the phone. I don't care if you're on the phone. Get in the car. Like, what is hot? I right. don't care what it is. Not... You're in Texas. It's hot. Exactly. I'm not trying to stand out here while you dig for your freaking keys, no. ma'am. It's hot or it's cold. Either way, I don't want to be out there. I want no part of it. No. But I'm glad you and your friend got away and all of the things because that is scary. Like, again, I can laugh about it now, but it is scary. Because, like you said, you don't know what he has in store for you. Like, that, even how your friend, like, laughed and was like, okay, that's weird. That's gross. But, yeah, that, it's still dangerous. He is dangerous. Okay, the next one. It's been a few weeks since I last emailed you. I was busy helping my mom. Nope. I was busy helping plan my mom's wedding. Yay! But I'm back with more spooky stories. I'm going to share more stories today that happened at the warehouse my dad worked at. Also, fun fact, I started the Marvel movies in timeline order, and in Captain America, the first Avenger, after he had the serum, he runs along the bridge and dives into a bit of water. That bridge is right outside this market, and that bit of water is right next to it. This is Liverpool, England, for any Marvel fans listening. Story number one, who came up the stairs? So, in the first email I sent, I explained my dad worked at an abandoned warehouse, which some of it was used for markets on Sundays. He worked security there overnight, and because I'm a creep, I used to enjoy staying the night there with him. Probably wasn't allowed, but the bosses never came out, so whatever. 
So on the same site was almost like a house which we would use to sleep in. It was kept in basic condition. It had heavy double doors at the entrance and a huge staircase and then bedrooms off the landing. In one of these rooms, we had a couch and mattresses, a TV with a basic video player, and some screens with the CCTV footage. This building was separate to the warehouse, but on the same grounds. Throughout the night security, we're expected to walk through the old buildings a few times just to check over some things. Sometimes my dad would check the closer buildings and rooms and I would go with him for these checks, but then he would also do more extensive checks and go further around the buildings and things, which would take longer. And he would tell me to wait in the staff house as I was young and he didn't want me out in the cold that long and whatnot. So one night he's doing this longer check and I'm watching a video when I hear the door downstairs open and close. At this time, there was a funny part coming up on the film and I wanted my dad to hurry up so he wouldn't miss it. Therefore, I started to shout for my dad to be quick. I hear his footsteps come up the stairs, not creepy slow, but not as fast as I wanted him to go since he was going to miss the scene. I'm shouting again along the lines of, what are you doing? Hurry! And I get up from the mattress and go out onto the landing. Now imagine those old fancy staircases you could lean over the handrail and see all the way up to the top and down to the bottom. Well, I look around and dad isn't back. I call out to him and go into the stock room across the hall and nope, he's not there. Let me tell you, I ran back to the room, shut the door, grabbed the blanket of safety and tucked myself in. A little while later, probably about five or ten minutes, it's actually my dad coming in this time, and he actually questions why I had the room to the door shut. And when I told him, he just kind of said, well, yeah, stuff like that happens here. I've told you, it's creepy. He did a check anyway, just to make sure the place was empty, and it was, but I know I definitely heard something coming in and up the stairs, because why else would I be shouting for him to hurry up? So yeah, that's one of the things I experienced at the warehouse personally. Story number two, the camera. So the security fellas had been talking about the place being creepy and dad decided that he would leave a camcorder in one of the rooms in the warehouse just to see what it captures. My dad's a stocky man and so is his co-worker. I'm telling you this because the room they wanted to record in had a sliding door that was on tracks and it would take the two of them putting in a lot of effort to get the doors open because they were so heavy. They get them open, press record, and leave closing the door behind them. Now, of course, there's no lights in this part, so they knew the picture would be just black, but they wanted to see if there was at least some sounds. The next morning, they get it out, bring it back to our house with a disapproving look from my mom Dad, let me listen to those big, heavy doors I mentioned. Yeah, well, we heard them being open and shut multiple times throughout the night, but there was no other staff on site. Little sounds like feet shuffling along, a little cough here and there and mumbling. Not much other than that, but hearing those doors moving really freaked my dad out. Story three, not worth the money. An electrician had been hired to carry out some work in one of the parts of the warehouse and was offered a ridiculous amount of money for a couple of days work. He questioned it and the boss told him he'd probably hear or see some creepy shit. The man was all, I don't believe in that crap and went off to get started working. But before the first day even ended, he came to the boss with all of his equipment and told him he isn't finishing the job. 
The boss explained that if he doesn't finish, he's not getting paid. And the man said it wasn't worth the money and he didn't care if he got paid for the hours he had already done. He was not staying. When asked why, he said he had seen someone out of the corner of his eye. When he turned to look, it was a man dressed in older clothing walking across the room and he just kind of faded away when he got to the wall. He packed up his stuff really quick after that. Story four, more creepy childhood home. I do still have a couple of stories left about that warehouse, but this email is getting long. And since I started to tell you about the house I grew up in in previous emails, I wanted to fit some of those into this email also. Quick recap. I told you about me and my dad hearing footsteps and my brother's bed being dragged across the room. So my brother is the eldest, my sister, and then me. I'm the baby. We used to like switching bedrooms ever so often. I don't know why. I guess mix it up a bit. And at one point, I'm in the loft conversion. Even after the incident with my brother's bed, I still slept up there. Stupid. I know. Anyway, I had gotten used to the feeling something else was in the room with me. And this day, I actually kind of mumbled out loud something like, yeah, whatever. I'm used to that now. We all know the feeling, the one where you just know you're not alone, but that happened a few times a week in that room and it was still a bit creepy, but it was nothing like more than a feeling had ever happened to me at that point in time. Anyway, I had mumbled some words to that effect and behind me a few seconds later, all of my photos fell off of the wall, all of them. And this wall was about halfway full of photos. I had been doing it pretty much so you couldn't even see any of the paint. Some were up by tape or blue tack, but the majority of them were put up by those little drawing pins and every single photo, pins, pieces of tape, you name it, it was all scattered over the floor. Of course, I jumped and just kind of stared at them, got up, went downstairs. Nope, I was not dealing with that right then. I just wanted to get out of that space. I don't know if I had challenged it or what, or if it was just some creepy coincidence or what, but it freaked me out and pissed me off because I knew I had to pick them all up. I think I was about 13 at this time, so before bed, I just scooped them all up and did not have the patience to put them back up, so I don't ever think they did get put back on the wall. Can you say lazy preteen? I know at this point it's kind of like, well, why keep sleeping in that room? But let me say creepy stuff happened week in and week out while living in that house and nothing malicious had happened yet. So it was just more of a weird inconvenience at most. I actually remembered something while typing this. It'll give you an idea of how scared very little me was in the house when I had to be alone. When I was younger than I was in that story, I think I must have been around seven. The bathroom in the house was downstairs and the bedrooms were upstairs. Now, don't judge me for this part, but I actually do remember being so scared when I was that young that one day I wouldn't go down to the toilet because it was evening time and nobody was downstairs. I was actually so scared to go, I ended up wetting myself because I could not hold it anymore. I had to go get my mom and she was confused because at that age, I definitely knew how to take myself to the toilet, but I felt silly telling her I was too scared, so I sort of just shrugged and kept saying sorry. She wasn't exactly mad or anything, just told me, you know, I'm big enough to go downstairs after bedtime to use a toilet if I need to kind of thing. Thinking back now, I actually was scared in that house even before hearing the footsteps. I just never put this together before. My parents used to send me to bed first, being the youngest, then a little bit later, my sister and then my brother. I used to be way too scared to go up alone. I would just sit on the stairs for half an hour until I heard my mom telling my sister to get ready to go for bed. Then I'd shoot to bed and pretend to be asleep so they never knew I was waiting. 
Half an hour is a long time for a kid to be sat on the stairs waiting for their big sister. Sorry for getting off on a tangent there. I guess I always thought it started when I first heard the footsteps, but I guess not. I'll email again soon with more and put the things that happened in the house kind of into a timeline. Thank you for the podcast. As always, you have really provided a safe place for people. Lots of love, Lauren. I don't even know where to start. All I know is this is me. I would be so scared to be left alone in the warehouse, like that staff room when your dad was going on walks. But also I'd be scared to go on the walks with him too. Mm -hmm. So it's like damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah, I would just stay home. But then at your home, you got eerie feelings and weird shit going on. Yeah, no. Like, I would be a ball of nerves. Worse than I am now. Um, it kind of sounds like they were. <laughs> right? I mean, really, I don't even know which one to talk about, because all of them were, I don't even know, scary. Your dad, though, legit was just like, yeah, it's scary in there. If you're going to come, <laughs> yeah. deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dad. He's like, if you can't handle the heat, get out of the kitchen. And you know we want you to keep sending these in. Okay, the next one is The Legend of Hotel 33. Hey to you girls and all my creepster babies. Creep mom here. Have I got a twisted tale for you. The local story of Hotel 33 starts in Williamsport, Pennsylvania in 1953. It was May 10th and the grand opening of The Grand Hotel. Also, kind of close to today's date, just a long time ago. This was a very bougie occasion, and only 32 people were in attendance, including staff. The next morning, all 32 were missing. What in the Roanoke? Police conducted a thorough investigation, but found no evidence or possible clues leading to a viable explanation. This event struck Williamsport to the core and left the entire town devastated and confused. A commission was created, and the hotel was immediately shut up and boarded up. It took a while, but people eventually began to forget the inexplicable events and move on with their lives. In 1993, the old hotel was reopened as a haunted house tourist attraction. On April 10th of that year, three boys decided to sneak in and spend the night. One of those boys, Jacob Carr, never made it out. To add to the mystery, Detective Richard Kaminsky died of a heart attack while interrogating the two remaining boys. The boy was never found. The town whispers were even more active and emotions were raw. Not long after, the hotel mysteriously burned to the ground. In 2013, 20 years after Jacob's disappearance, interest in the hotel and its disappearance started popping up on the internet. And why not? The internet is known for finding lost people and reuniting them with loved ones. A Facebook group was formed by family members of the missing. Hashtag Hotel 33 started to trend on Twitter. Of course, I was intrigued by the whole thing and joined the Facebook group, as did several other locals. Comments by family members led to Facebook accounts that were just a month old. The photo of the hotel that was posted was actually the city hall. Several locals who have lived in the area longer than I doubted the story and asked probing questions of the Facebook group admin. His answers were combative and vague. Eventually, he attacked the locals and compared the missing 33 to the lives that were lost in TWA Flight 800, a crash which took the lives of 15 high school students and five chaperones from a local high school. That was the last straw. I did a little research and discovered that thousands of likes on Facebook and Twitter originated in India. Hmm. 
Then I found an official website whose domain was owned by a film company in LA. Looks like someone was trying to pull a Blair Witch in 2013 when internet research was so easy. All the social media went silent and the movie was never made. All because the person who was hired to run the Facebook group went full asshole. They could have said, hey, we're making a horror movie in your area. Hope you like it. Instead, they attacked people, called them hicks and yokels, and then compared a fictitious event to a real local tragedy. I guess the moral to the story is don't fuck with Creep Mom and locals of Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Anybody need me to do a little digging on someone? Love y'all and the community you've created. See you at the watch parties, Creep Mom, a.k.a. Teresa B. Oh, my gosh. That, Creep Mom, you have lived a life, (laughs) ma'am. That's ridiculous. Yeah, they could have done so much better, but no, they fucked that up. And like you said, to bring up... Like a real tragedy? Yeah. Yeah, that's fucked. Oh, my gosh. That was a good damn story, too. I was like, all up in it. I was like, what what happened to those people? Like, Right? I am like, in it. Same. I'm like, wait, why have I not heard this from her? What is going on? Oh, shit. But seriously, that is wild. They could have been so much better. But you can't set this up and then be so anti-social media and anti-the local people you need them behind you to help this, like, help propel the story and stuff. Wow. I just don't agree with, like, perpetuating it like it's a real thing, though. Right. I don't I don't like that. Well, it's hard now because so much bad shit has happened. Not saying that it didn't happen in the past, but, like, I, I mean, I loved Blair Witch. I loved how they did it. And I was like, oh, my God. But I really thought it was real until, like, um, like two days before I saw the movie. <laughs> you know, like, I I really thought this was found footage and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. But that was also at a time where, like she said, people weren't, like, fucking internet sleuths. Right. Oh, my gosh. Okay, the next one. Paranormal activity in upstate New York. Call me days, please. I want to start by saying I've always been sensitive, but mostly in my dreams. Since I can remember, I see those who have passed on in my dreams. They usually come to me in my time of need or to warn me of something to come. My mom also has this gift and has taught me how to control my dreams. I can control what I say, what I do. I can tell myself, oh, this is important. Remember this, etc. What? That's awesome. I kind of do that. Sorry, I've totally interrupted. We usually do this at the end, but uh, I kind of do that a little bit. I'm like, oh, I need to remember that. But like, it doesn't always work. I have endless stories of people I've seen and spoken to, but this time I want to focus on this particular one. Anyway, when I was 18, I married my high school sweetheart and moved across the country from Arizona to upstate New York. As soon as I drove up to the apartment complex for the first time, I had a very heavy feeling. Well, not long into our time there, I began seeing a shadow man in our laundry room. He would usually peek at me behind the wall and I could see the silhouette of a tall man with a hat. But whenever he noticed I was looking at him, he would disappear. This man didn't scare me though. I just figured that this was an old building and there was bound to be energy there. I then started finding cold spots in different parts of the apartment. It was a three bedroom apartment, but my husband and I refused to go into two of the bedrooms because it just gave That feeling of being stared at. Not watched, but stared at. Well, then the sleep paralysis happened, but not to me. My husband began having sleep paralysis three to four times a night, every night. 
I would wake up to his body shaking in his sleep, and I would have to fully wake him back up in order for the sleep paralysis to stop. But as soon as he would go back to sleep, it would happen again. I asked what he saw, and he said there was three shadow figures at his feet with red eyes and a smile from ear to ear. He said they laughed at him and that he could see that creepy smile on them. This happened at least three times every night, but always to him, not me. About two months later, I'm still seeing the man. My husband's still having sleep paralysis, but then it got worse. One night, as my husband and I were sitting in our living room watching TV, our computer chair that was placed to the right of the TV began to spin. It spun slowly all the way around and then spun fast and then came to a complete stop. As this is happening, my husband and I began climbing backwards off the couch without losing the chair from our side again. We were in disbelief, but yet this confirmed everything else. There is no denying something was in our apartment, and they did not pay rent. Immediately after, I began having nightmares, not only at night, but during day naps too. Spiders, blackness, snakes, trapped in rooms, etc. To make matters worse, my husband informed me that he would be leaving for training for three months. I would be alone in a haunted apartment in a city where I didn't know anyone and all my family was across the country. To say I was hesitant would be an understatement of the year. A few weeks later, right before my husband left on his trip, I found out I was pregnant. Yes, 18, newly married, pregnant with my first child, in a haunted apartment, soon to be alone. The dreaded day came and my husband left for Louisiana to work and I was alone in the apartment. The very first night it happened, sleep paralysis. I was in the state where you're asleep but not fully asleep. I couldn't move my body, only my head. I heard my front door swing open and the sound of boots walking toward my bedroom door. I remember the sound of the footsteps, heavy work boots. I could hear the crunch of dirts and rock with every step. They came closer and closer to my bedroom door, which was wide open. I knew in my mind that a few more steps, this person would be right at my door and I would be able to see who it was. It was broad daylight, so they could not hide. But the moment never came. I waited while the footsteps got closer, but they never reached my door. Well, as I previously said, I know how to wake myself up. So I did. And I was pissed. How fucking dare this person, being, ghost, demon, whatever, threaten me, especially when I'm pregnant. Oh, hell no. I got up and went to my living room, stood firmly, and with my mom tone said, this may have been your space at one point, but it's mine now. If you don't fuck with me, I won't fuck with you. If you ever even try to fuck with my child, I will bring a priest in here. After that, everything just calmed down. For the next couple of months while my husband was gone, he would tell me how great he was sleeping because he had zero sleep paralysis. Meanwhile, my first trimester of pregnancy kicked my ass. Morning sickness, more like all day sickness. I lost 15 pounds in those three months. I wasn't complaining. I'll take pregnancy symptoms over a haunted apartment any day. When my husband came back, he noticed a difference in energy right away. He said it felt less crowded and lighter. 
We stayed in that apartment for a few more months with no sinister sightings. Anyway, I have more stories to tell, especially stories about sister moving into a house where a family of six were murdered and the case was unsolved for a decade. And I promise I will send them in because I finally found my kind of people in your group. Thank you for that. Creep it real, a forever fan days. I had so many <gasps> moments in that story. Yes. I never have had sleep paralysis and I do not want it. Oh my gosh. It's six fucking times a night. And not only was it him having to deal with it, she was having to deal with it because she was having to wake his ass up. Yes. Oh, no. Look, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't, don't, please don't. I'm tired. Right? Well, I'm glad that you had your mom tone on and they knew not to fuck with you anymore. And they, they were like, look, she threatened the priest. Let's just calm down. I know, you broke out the big guns being like, I will bring in a priest. <laughs> Golly. And it's everything at once. The apartment, the move, the kid, the go yes. away on thing. Uh, your sleep paralysis reminded me of another person. I can't remember what it was, but they heard like boots coming to their door that was wide open and but like nothing ever came, mm -hmm. but they couldn't move. And it was like that impending doom of, What's going to be here? What am I going to see? What is going to terrorize me? But that's terrorizing enough. Right. Whew. Okay. This one is called What Happened Today. Greetings. Just found you two. Love you two. Mainly listen to you while showering or in the car. Only alone time without the kids. So I'm only on episode 18. Anyway, wanted to share with you what happened today. I've always had people around me. Some good, some bad. Lately, I've had this one that's been messing with me. Staying around enough to know he's there, but not enough to see or know his story. Just enough to piss me off or mess things up. Well, today, he got me good. I was out doing yard work, working with hedge clippers, the electric kind. All morning, he would toss rocks my way. Fling a branch, just stupid stuff. Well, I had ripped out most of the devil ivory growing from the neighbor's yard and cussing the world. I was moving to using the hedge clippers. I made my first pass with him. Second, third pass, I knew something was going to happen. I could feel it. I could feel his presence stronger near me. I grabbed the vine of devil ivy with my left hand to pull it out when all of a sudden I felt the hedge clippers in my right hand being pushed into my left hand. I let go of the button, but it was too late. I'm standing frozen, blood gushing, trying to get help from my friend or son who was in the yard with me. I could not say anything as I felt hands around my neck and a deep laugh coming from him. It scared the crap out of me. I took a second and did just what my grandmother had always told me and prayed for God to help me. I have never in my almost 48 years had anything like this where I was actually hurt. Ten stitches later, I'm at home resting. After I came home, I did a blessing over my house, kicked all the spirits out except for the old lady, but she's another story as well as a little girl that plays with my four-year-old. The doctor told me I was lucky it cut at an angle and not straight down or I would have lost the fingers. My son reminded me that it only takes as hard as a bite of a carrot to take a finger off. Thanks for the podcast. If you read this, I won't hear it for a while since my OCD won't allow me to skip ahead. Melissa B. Oh my gosh. What the fuckity fuck, fuck, fuck. Right? You're lucky not only did you not lose fingers, but you're lucky you didn't cut some fucking tendons. That's what I was saying in the tendons. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, is you felt it. You felt something was going to come, but you can't, like, what do you do? Not do anything? No. Like, 
because it's never been something that actually harms you like that. Well, and either way, it was just waiting. So yeah. you could have been like, I'm not going to do anything for three weeks. And then the fourth week you do something and bam, he comes after exactly. you. Exactly. Oh my gosh. What the hell? Yeah, y'all keep those spirits over there. Whew. I don't know where there is, but as long as it's not <laughs> here, I'm good. Right? Oh my gosh. Well, send those stories in though. Oh, yeah. I mean, we want to hear them. We just don't want to experience them. (laughs) Okay, this next one is titled, It Broke the Mirror. Hello, you spooky babes. I'm a new listener, and I love hearing other creepy stories and wanted to share a recent one with you. I live in an apartment with my girlfriend and our two cats. We've been here for a few months, and now, since moving in, we have both felt something evil lurking around. Everyone who has lived in the apartment before us has ended up breaking the lease. A few nights ago, we were both alone with the cats in the living room in the dining room area when we heard a loud crash. We went into the spare bedroom that we normally feel the presence in, and the big mounted bathroom wall mirror was shattered, laying all over the bathroom counter, floor, and bedroom floor. And this mirror was a good size and height and was mounted very well. We have been talking about my girlfriend's sister staying in that room over the weekend when she came down. I guess Spirit didn't like the sound of that and said, fuck you. Sorry it wasn't super long, but I do have more paranormal stories. Creep it real, Megan. And I bet your uh, girlfriend's sister was like, fuck that too. Right? Uh-uh. Wouldn't want to stay in that. I would not want to stay in a room that y'all have felt the presence in. Mm-mm. No, thank you. I'll sleep on the couch. But actually, no, thank you. I'll just get a hotel room. Uh-uh. Um, I would rather sleep outside in a fucking sleeping bag. Oh, no, no, no. Then, no. then I'm saying, then stay in that room. Yeah, that's why I said hotel. I know, but not everybody can afford a hotel. Hotels are expensive sometimes. They are, but I ain't sleeping in no sleeping bag on the floor outside, which is called the dirt, ground, whatever. No. I mean, you do what you got to do to avoid a spirit. My luck, that thing fucking attached and I'd never get rid of it. It could get me, look, it can get me better on the ground because I'd be like, help me. I'll do anything if my, my back won't hurt anymore. Oh, God. And then Truth. be like, oh, really? Be like, oh, shit. But yeah, help me up. I don't even like a low car anymore. That's so true. Oh, God, you know your old wind. (laughs) Okay, the next one is Haunted Radio. Hey, y'all, what's up, my beautiful friends? I wanted to tell you about my haunted car radio. Strangely enough, this is not my first haunted car radio, but definitely the most active. I currently drive a 2019 Kia Forte, so it's current enough to have a heads-up display in the center console that is touchscreen. It has Bluetooth and all that jazz. I have a long commute to work every day, and I listen to music on the radio. My radio will scan to another station at random. Now, this is not just a malfunction because I can see the button turn red as it's being hit to scan. This has happened so many times in the last two years. I've even taken to yelling at it, saying, stop, you're pissing me off. I was listening to that fucker, fighting with it. I even put my hand over the screen and it still happens. I turned off the radio and it hit the button for Bluetooth. Music from my phone came on. I'm like, what do you want? This happened this morning and it was like a distraction from the bullshit bad driving happening in front of me. Maybe it kept me from getting too involved in it. It's a long drive. Don't judge me. I've been trying to figure out who it is. Sometimes I think I know, and others not so much. I have also tried to see if dust on the screen is causing it, or wind. Nope. Crazy shit, huh? I mean, who do y'all think it is? I'd really love to know. Now, a quick ambient. 
I'm not sure how to spell it, story. About 18 years ago, so this was when it was fairly new, my boyfriend and I wanted to take our drinking up to the next level and decided to take an Ambien. Clearly, they tell you not to do so. I only had two drinks max, so I felt like I could handle that. BTW, not today. Anyway, took it and sat down to watch him clean out his closet. He had a lot of jeans back then. I started swaying on the end of the bed and said it feels like I'm on pillows. My feet are pillows and the bed was rocking me like a baby. He said, what? I said it again and this time so much louder like sing song yelled it. I'm on pillows. My feet are pillows. The bed's rocking me like a baby. He laughed and went back to it. I took off and went to the balcony and once again yelled sing my newfound song. You know, about how my feet feel, etc. I really don't remember much past this. From what he tells me, I basically caused a noise complaint, sat down on the couch with some munchies. When he went to the bathroom, I made a break for the newly cleaned closet, made a bed for it out of jeans and coats, and passed out with a bag of Cheetos, orange cheese hands, and clean clothes. Well, I did a lot of laundry the next day and haven't lived it down yet. Last time, I took an Ambien with drinks. Live and learn. Love y'all and the things you do for us. You make work better, which in turn makes life better. Sorry for spelling and grammar, but you don't care. Much love, friends. Misty. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that's all you did while drinking on Ambien. Oh my God. I can't do Ambien, period. Much less drinking on it. Much less either of those by themselves, okay? True. Two drinks and Donna would be tanked. (laughs) Two drinks and I'm damn tipsy. Yes, you are. Oh my gosh. I don't know who could be haunting your radio, but that definitely sounds like something, though. But two different cars or multiple? No. Di- but they said two different radio. They Like, it's not the first radio that's been haunted. Oh. So whatever it is, it's following you. I mean, maybe a friend who's passed that like to play pranks and stuff, but I don't know. Also, I have not listened to the radio in so long. It's because Spotify. That's what I listen to. Spotify and podcast. I don't even think I have stuff saved or maybe i have like one pop thing saved but yeah local radio what's that with me i don't know but i had like xm when i had my car at first uh and i was like oh xm radio i listened to that for oh a little bit and then i was like spotify let me just go back to my my favorite five songs at that moment that i put on repeat for you know like five weeks and i'm like I know every word of this song because I've listened to it for uh, 15 hours. Do you remember when um, we were in high school and Tiffany got XM? Yes. And it oh was like gosh. this like thing she had to like put in her car for it. <laughs> and it was like, whoa. We could listen to comedy. There's so many stations. We listened to two. <laughs> I know. 20 on 20. That's what we listened to. Oh, gosh. There's one station that her uh, stepmom would have it on in the office or like steel. And oh, what is it called? Coffee? Mm-hmm. Coffee? Yeah. Coffee shop. It's like yeah. channel 17, I think. Uh, that's always got a good little mix. Mm-hmm. I should listen to it more because I would know more songs. But I, uh, yeah. You creature know, of habit. Look, I when we had our um, work Christmas party this year, it was the first one we had in a while. And they have, like, a DJ and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, wobble with it. Well, I don't know this next song. <laughs> I, I don't know this next song. And, like, all these people are, like, singing it with it. Like, it's like a, like a, like a hip-hop song. And yeah. I'm like, I'm officially old. I don't know the songs <laughs> that their DJs are playing. 
Oh, God. Did you say Christmas party? Mm-hmm. You mean last year? Mm-hmm. This past Christmas. Well, you said this year. Well, this, you know, this year, this one that just passed. Okay. I was like, wait, what is she talking about? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know a lot of stuff. Okay, last one. Hello, gorgeous humans. My name is Jade, and I'm your biggest fan from South Africa. I honestly love your podcast. I'm a lover of crime and paranormal, and I love that your podcast does both in one podcast. Your laughs and jokes brighten up my day and make work a little more interesting. When people say that they listen at work, I always want to know what y'all do for a living. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, I can't listen at work. You know what I mean? Just how my job is. And so, like, I'm like, what do y'all do that y'all listen to podcasts all day? Yeah. So, let's start with my very own experience with a ghost. I was four years old, and yes, I remember this clearly. It stuck with me. It was a normal day. I had gone to kindergarten and had dinner and a nice warm bubble bath and watched some TV with my mom. Eventually, we went to bed. I was having the best night's sleep ever, and all of a sudden, I started to have super scary nightmare and woke up calling for my mom as usual, but I wasn't shouting. I couldn't shout. Next thing I know, I saw my mom standing at my doorway with a towel on her head and her dressing gown on. She eventually started talking to me and asking me what was wrong, still standing at my door. Normally, my mom comes and sits on my bed and puts me back to sleep and calms me down. But this time, she just stood at the door and spoke to me from there. Then, at some point, she was trying to get me to give her permission to come into my room, (gasps) which was weird. Really weird. And she didn't stop trying to trick me into letting her into my room and saying, would you like me to come sit next to you on the bed and so forth. Eventually, I realized it wasn't my mom and started saying to it that you're not my mom and just repeating that. And then she vanished. The next morning, I woke up and went to my mom and asked her if she came to me last night after my bad dream and kept telling me that she didn't. And ever since then, I have never seen her again. P.S. I slept with a crystal next to my bed and a dream catcher above my door. So I do feel those items kept me safe from the spirit in my doorway. You can use my name. Lots of hugs and loves, Jade S. That is creepy as that is so creepy like what in the adult black-eyed kids right it's like the adult version of a black-eyed kid legit yeah. uh-uh like uh-uh was it a winnebago <laughs> no <laughs> was it a epidermis stroller no yeah that no 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 but it does sound like black-eyed kids or a vampire or something like no 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 but how good of it to be your mama because of right? course like you're gonna be screaming for your mama because you're scared uh-uh 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 not today you black-eyed kids uh-uh that is fucking creepy that's my worst nightmare right there that my mama was not my mama but I needed my mama. That is legit. Your worst That is my nightmare. worst nightmare. One time I really thought, what if my mama's not my mom? <laughs> Y'all, I got issues. We got them too. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Wow, these stories were bonkers today. They were. Like in the best way bonkers. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, send in your stories, but also on the Facebook group or in Instagram, let us know what y'all do for work, like Carrie said, because, well, I work from home, but I work on a computer, so I can listen, you know, and I'm only doing like chat help support things, so I'm not like on the phone, so I can listen to music or podcast. I saw a TikTok one time, and it was like, people with desk jobs, what do you do all day? (laughs) And a guy was like... 
like just like writing an email like forever you know like eating a snack I don't know cracked me up (laughs) because like I think about that a lot too with like CEOs and stuff like what do you do all day like what does your day consist of yeah well like Donna said thank y'all so much for sending these in keep them coming we want all the ones y'all are teasing us with send them in aparanormalchicks at gmail.com and remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared